This is a Kitty Pod production. From Television City in Hollywood. Hey, man! I'm your pre-owned. I don't fool with no horses, boy. He's a habitual line stepper. Any savage at all, your mustache is crooked. Come on, man. What the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Oh my good, goodness gracious! Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. I demand the hour, the man of the power, too sweet to be sour. Plausibly live, but recorded in parts. From the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York, it's the one, the only, Keep It To Yourself podcast. And now, here's your host, Jason Bullock. I have no idea who he is. But he was dug and dug. All right, that's enough, Morgan. And you're quite welcome. This is episode 127 of the Old Kitty Pod. Coming to you in the last full week of June 2021. Summertime here in the rolling hills of Saratoga County. I'm coming to you once again from Bullet House. And really going to have a mixed bag today. Don't know what exactly we're going to be talking about here. But just the same, let's get my social media plugs out of the way. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at keep underscore podcast. My civilian Instagram is Jason underscore 51838. There's also the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page. That's where new episodes go on the social meets. That and the Twitter feed, too. With all that out of the way, we now go into the show proper. And we go into the vanity portion, wherein you ask yourself, what has happened in the life of one J. Michael Bullis since last he spoke and I listened? I'm meaning you, of course. Well, that's a good question. I don't have much of an answer for it. But I do want to say that the big highlight was Father's Day this past weekend. I'm not a dad myself. I don't have any kids. Not that I know about anyway. But Dad was the centerpiece of the holiday. I got him a $50 gift card to Walmart. Spent a great day together. But the day before was what the real highlight. Sorry for the stutter step there. It was a real highlight of the weekend, in my opinion. No disrespect to Father's Day. I figured with Otis, the Wonder Dog, now off in doggy heaven, having crossed the Rainbow Bridge last week, or two weeks ago now when this drops, I figured I now have an invite to spend time with my dad and his companion, be it here in Saratoga, the Rolling Hills, Saratoga County, or their place in North Adams. I've graciously accepted an invite or asked them beforehand if I could join them on July 4th. going to go see a baseball game over there and fireworks, and I'll report back to you in a future episode. But anyway, back to the lecture at hand. On a somewhat humid, muggy Saturday... The three of us sallied forth to this flea market at the Malta Drive-In. It's one of the last remaining drive-in theaters in the United States of America. They, like Howard Johnson's, as I watch an old-school car go by, I don't know what the make is, but it's one of those ugly cars. It must be something from the 70s. Anyway, back to the story. We went to this flea market at the drive-ins, one of the last remaining drive-ins in the United States. They were so prevalent across this landscape, much like Howard Johnson's back in the 1950s the old standbys of Americana. And the third Saturday of every month during the summertime, they have this flea market, just trollop around, see everybody wearing their hawks, hawking their wares, selling stuff, you know, nostalgia. 
one of the first things I saw was I, it took me back, and appropriately enough on Father's Day weekend, it took me back to the days when I would ride around with my dad sometimes in his coffee truck. And he bought sandwiches from McDonald's to sell to guys working at a car dealership nearby, construction sites. I remember when they were building the library on Henry Street. Boy, that was amazing. Go around building new homes in Saratoga as well. Well, these promotions, more often than not, they would bring home these glasses and they would have like uh, Hall of Famers of Major League Baseball, like Willie Mays, Cal Ripken Jr., Nolan Ryan. Uh, Nolan Ryan was kind of before my time, but I got to see the tail end of his career, Cal Ripken Jr. as well. I remember when he broke the consecutive game streak back in 95. Willie Mays was before my time, of course. And it brought me back to my child. I pointed out to my dad. I'm like, I remember we used to get these at McDonald's. So sports memorabilia was heavy. Just, you know, board games, trading cars, DVDs, VHS tapes. Like, who has a VCR these days? It's going to be hard to get rid of those. So we lumbered around for about a half hour, 45 minutes or thereabouts. Then got back in a nice air-conditioned car and went to the village of Scanacoke for this strawberry festival. Now... My dad's companion know that there were two conflicting strawberry festivals, one in the village proper, the other at this farm somewhere nearby in town. Well, not in the village, but way out in what could be best described as the boonies. Well, we went to the one near at this Presbyterian church, and there wasn't much to write home about. There were vendors up the side street. They had had their tents set up. I did a little spin-the-wheel thing. I got this thing called a mind teaser where... You had this small cube, and you had to get these tiny balls into this ring. Now, there's a, obviously an opening, or else it would really be a, a complete waste of time or something like that. There was a maple stand. Nancy and I bought plenty of stuff. Well, she did most of the buying. I did some myself. got maple mustard, which tasted real good. She got maple barbecue sauce. Oh, man, it was so good. Had pork roast for supper Saturday night. And goddamn, did that taste good. Sorry for the foul language, but there you go. Maple mustard wasn't too bad either. Had that on the sub sandwich on Sunday afternoon. Then did like a dollar for three tickets in this raffle. Never heard back. Didn't win. Just my luck. Then Sunday came. It was Father's Day. Around 4.30 thereabouts. Went over to my sister's house. Hunter was acting up. He's just been... That was kind of vintage Hunter. You may remember from the podcast of earlier years. Had a nice little cookout. Had some dessert. Had some cookie. There was like some pie that we have here in the fridge. I've yet to sup that because I've eaten so much. I really don't want to pick out the summertime. I want to look good for my 20th high school reunion. I really don't want to harp on that in case of disappointment. But there you go right there. So I had a great weekend. Dad really appreciated it. Especially with what we've been going through recently. Not having a four-legged friend around the house. And we're not going to be having that around here anytime soon. But uh, it will be up to me if I get my own place, that's for sure. So there you go. That's the vanity portion as we cruise into the summer of 2021. Before we move on, I failed to mention cribbage night this Saturday before I went to my friend Dave's house down in Albany. And before we even so much as dealt the first hand, my host's wife, Andrea, could not believe the paint job on the car. I only had the car about two weeks when I came to the house. It was amazing. She'd stop raving about it. So much so, she let her husband, me, and everybody who was at the house at the time to just have a look at this car. I showed him around, you know. Didn't want to be a complete uh, rude guy about the whole thing. And one of the other guests arrived 
to see the car pull in just as we were all gathered outside. I was probably wondering, what the hell's going on, man? Well, anyway, they really enjoyed the car. It's been meeting with rave reviews from friends and co-workers alike. And on that particular note, we're going to move on to a double shot of Tony Kornheiser's show, Funny 5. This is from the TK Little Smart and Funny Facebook page. And there's a big thing that goes on every Friday called the Friday Five, where you get five random questions, and we really get to pick the Littles brains. Littles are fans of the Tony Kornheiser show. Week before last, or two weeks ago as this episode drops, it was my turn in the barrel. So here's my five questions. I'm going to answer them as best I can. I'm going to put myself under the spotlight. Number one, what is your favorite cartoon character of all time? I was going to go with movie quotes, but the guy who did it previously, shout out Bob Sproul, beat me to it. So I'm going to go with cartoon characters. I put a capture, or I put a picture rather, hello, made me feel great, of a stuffed animal. You know, I have this little bear I've had for many, many years. I haven't used it, obviously, because, you know, you grow up. You, you learn to surrender the things of youth. But anyway, favorite cartoon character of all time. In the moment, I said Bugs Bunny, but I got to put Charlie Brown. With cartoon animal, it's Bugs Bunny. Cartoon human being, it's Charlie Brown. Peanuts is my favorite comic strip of all time. Garfield comes in a close second, but it's Peanuts virtually hands down, no contest. I'll pick it nine times out of ten. All day, every day, twice on Sunday. I said peanuts. Okay, moving right along to the second question here. And the week I record this, high school graduations are taking place all over New York's capital region and here in the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York. This marks 20 years since I graduated Saratoga Springs High School. So on that note, I asked everyone, what is your favorite memory slash memories of your high school graduation. I put in, shout out Frank Sicari, when I graduated from Saratoga High all those years ago, at our graduation ceremony. And it said, with Frank as witness, you were there, you saw it. I started the ceremony on stage behind the top 10 of our class, including the crush at the time, or the crush, the person whom I had a crush at the time. I should have edited this. The hell is wrong with me? It was on the pretext that I won an award. Now you think, oh, there's some funny business here. I couldn't believe it myself. I had to contain my excitement. I wound up winning this $1,000 prize for a student who died of some life-threatening disease. I would go on to meet the family a week later to home to collect the check, $1,000, as I mentioned earlier. So... I was surprised. I was like, what are you doing on stage? And they said, this thing called the Cody Lee Commer. It wasn't a scholarship. It was a financial award. And they said, the winner of the Cody Lee Commer Award is Jason Bull. I was like, whoa, I couldn't believe it. I wasn't like jumping for joy. I was like, huh. just walk on stage early fashion, get your check, sit back down on stage there, Fisty McGee. And on a more hilarious note, at least by comparison, during the time that the rest of the student body walked the stage, I had already got my diploma at this point. I already been up and got my diploma and walked the stage and walked back to my seat, turned the tassel. I think it's to the left if you graduate, after you get your diploma. I forgot it was so long ago. Anyway, it seemed as though a Grateful Dead concert broke out. No, no rumors as to whether Jerry Garcia had come back from the dead. But anyway... 
A Grateful Dead concert had broken out in the crowd in that a beach ball was being tossed around the audience. And I was two rows up from where this beach ball hit somebody or it was it was a close shave. Shortly thereafter, the shenanigans stopped. I didn't see it. I was busy having my attention focused on the stage. By the way, it should be noted, the crushing question was a woman who was once named Anastasia Garzinski. You've heard me mention her on a couple of previous episodes. Nowadays, she's a teacher, is married, and has three kids to her name, all boys. God help her. Oh boy, that's a handful. All right, on to question three of my Friday Five from the TK Little Smart and Funny Facebook page. Staying on the theme of the previous question, who was your favorite teacher or college professor during your school days? I had two favorites, and they came when I was in eighth grade. The first half of the year, I started out with special education social studies, or history class if you want to call it that, but social studies is the term here. We're going to go with it. And there was a gentleman by the name of William Carl. And he had a knack for getting his students into learning and knowledge and all that sort of thing. He was my favorite. I don't know if he'd be tough on special ed students, but, you know, he wanted to make sure everybody had the same opportunities as those who had been in regular classrooms their whole lives. And it broke his heart when yours truly started off the second half of eighth grade by going to the classroom across the hall wherein I was learned history in the mainstream from a gentleman by the name of Bob Baker. His full name is Robertson, if you must know. But those two, hands down, were my favorite teachers of all time. They're always willing to help when you had trouble with something, like a seminar or whatnot. And Mr. Carl, his influence on me lasted long after eighth grade. For many years, we got one of those little round-robin things in the mail right around Christmas time, letting us know what was going on with the family. You know those annoying things that you don't get in the mail anymore around Christmas time? It's called the round robin. And this, right you get around, I explained it already. Let's move on. We've come full circle on that whole deal. All right, number four, what is your greatest summer sports moment of all time? We're talking Major League Baseball, the Olympic Games, summer that is, of course, World Cup, Euros, cricket, one thing or another like that. I've said it before on a previous Friday Five, and I'll say it again. My favorite summer moment, well, it's a tie, really. But I'm going to go with the moment. First of all, honorable mention, this is what got me into sports in the first place, and that was the 1992 Summer Olympics. And, you know, the dream team, guys like Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Chris Mullen, ETC, and how they dominated the Olympics that year it was the first summer They allowed NBA players to compete in the Olympics, which was just high and far out, man. It was a real blast. I didn't know they had basketball played in other parts of the world. It's not just the United States, but Lithuania, tie-dye t-shirts, Grateful Dead, that whole thing. It was influential letting European players and players from other parts of the world play in the NBA, coming from Europe, Australia, China. Yao Ming, anyone? Africa? One thing or another like that. But my favorite's got to be when I was 10 years old that summer, 14th of August, 1993, when my dad bought tickets off a scalper to go see the New York Yankees at the old Yankee Stadium. They faced the Baltimore Orioles, and it was the day that the Yankees honored Reggie Jackson's induction 
into the National Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York by retiring his number 44. So my first Major League Baseball game, my first trip to New York City, my first Jersey retirement ceremony, a guy who looked like Murray Linder offered me a peanut. I wisely turned him down. 52,000 people in the ballpark, a slow crawl on the ride home on the Major Deegan. What a day. And to wrap up what has to be the most riveting Friday Five in the history of ever, my last question was, tomorrow, well, the next day when I posted this, 12th of June, marked the first of two record store days this year. What's the album that you've played the Explosive Deleted out of in your day? Now, I wanted to keep it clean and family-friendly, so I took out the swear words, so I'm going to give you the uncensored version. Tomorrow, which would have been June 12th, marks the first of two record store days this year. What's the album that you've played the shit out of in your day? Now, I'm going to find out what I put in here, but I had cassettes and all that. It was I had quite the eclectic taste I do now. said, I put in a cassette of Shaquille O'Neal's first rap album. But I put down the cassette that was depicted in that photo, as well as the Flintstones live-action soundtrack. The film may have been a turkey on it, even though he had guys like Rick Moranis, John Goodman, uh, who else? Um, Elizabeth Perkins. Yeah, Rosie O'Donnell played Betty Rubble. But the soundtrack is a time capsule of mid-90s music. This was my teenage years coming in here. I was graduate. I already graduated elementary school. Bye-bye and fuck you, Mrs. Shuff. Hello, Maple Avenue Middle School. How you doing? The soundtrack, though, as I try to say, is time capsule. Capsule. Hello. Great. That's two appearances from Earl Clark. Is he still in the NBA? Asking for a friend. Anyway, the Flintstone soundtrack is a time capsule of mid-90s music. Crash Test Dummies, the senior, the what I call the Campbell Soup song, came out like... Mm-mm-mm-mm. Stereo MCs having a bow after Connected. They contributed. The B-52s. This was several years after Cosmic Thing came out. But I had some honorable mentions. My sister's copy of Prince 1999, also on cassette. This is how long ago this was, kids. Ask a millennial. And also, Talking Heads' four cassette, or not four cassette, it had to be two cassette, greatest hits compilation called Sand in the Vaseline. So there you go. That was my Friday Five contribution. And now we're going to move on to the other one here, if I can find it. I've saved it in my Facebook saved items, but it was a link to the historical significance of Juneteenth, which is the uh, most recent federal holiday we had here in the United States. And the significance behind it is the when the Texas was the last to get news of Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation. I don't know if it was lack of technology, but news didn't take, uh, news actually took very long to travel. In June 19, 1865, two years and change almost, or two and a half years rather, when Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation allowing slaves to be declared free citizens. That didn't last long, sadly. So, all right, we found it. We're back, took a little searching, but this was posted by Mary Faye Randolph. And now we go to the questions after I gave you that little history lesson on Juneteenth. Question number one, Mary Faye asked, If you've ever counted calories or watched your diet, you know a cheat day can make the diet bearable. What is 
or would be your cheat day food? And I reply straight out, ice cream. Why not? Especially this time of year in the summer. Why else bother? All right, number two. Tony, it's Tony Kornheiser. Dr. Grandpa Hoffwaff loves to get a box of that for free. Not all free things are things. Sometimes they are experiences. What's your favorite experience that was free of charge? A great question there, Mary Faye, if you're listening. So it said picnics and blowouts with family and or friends. That's the best that money could buy. Well, I had to pay for anything I brought to the party, but the experience didn't cost me a dime. And I'm glad for it. Number three, what is the best decision you ever made? Well, I'll tell you, I must have been a tough act to follow. It said, quitting my soul-crushing first job out of college to what I do now, I re- that was the same answer as Scott Moffat. Pretty concise answers, too, for some places. Question number four. Destin, Florida, Yellowstone National Park, Chicago, Illinois, or Disneyland? These are your choices for a free vacation for two. Which do you choose? So if you had to pick one of those places, where would I go? So as I try to look for my answer here and trying to vamp for time, I say, well, Disneyland's too far to travel. I've done Disney World in Orlando, Florida. But I'd have to say Yellowstone National Park. Why would you not, man? That's America bucket list right there. Old Faithful, the geyser, all that stuff. And finally, number five, would you rather be a winter or summer Olympian? And which Olympic sport would you choose if you were just naturally athletic? Well, between winter or summer, given a choice between the two, I take summer Olympics all day or a day, not even close. If I had the chance to compete in these Olympic Games, I would have played basketball. I played basketball way back when, when I was you know, 15, 16 years old, not to brag, but went undefeated, won the YMCA basketball title, went 12-0, thank you very much, keep the change, and had a stinker of a season the following year when I went into 10th grade. I never really participated in any organized sports until about a good 10 years later when I went and played volleyball in the fall of 2009. So that, friends, a double shot of the Friday Five. Before we wrap up this episode, we got some pot shouts I want to give you here. First up, Greens from Allentown, Peter Winston, the most recent episode. He took a look at an episode of WWF All-American Wrestling from Lincoln's birthday, February 12, 1984. We were just a few weeks removed from Hulk Hogan winning the WWF title off the Iron Sheik in a memorable night at Madison Square Garden. GFA Live, Peter and Keith Langston took a look at an episode of Stampede Wrestling. They went up north to Canada, June 22, 1979. The sportscasters, Steve Bennett, it was quite the episode. Well, it's been a great run of episodes. First up, Jay Mariotti, whom you may remember from ESPN's Around the Horn, the glory days of that program. What an interview that was. And David Jordan, who wrote a book about his friend from high school, a baseball player named Dave Parker, the Cobra, a two-time World Series champion, 79 with the We Are Family Pittsburgh Pirates, and then 10 years later with the Oakland A's during that World Series that was unfortunately marred by the earthquake in San Francisco. And the second episode that came out since last I spoke to you listening, John Wertheim, who wrote that terrific article about Steve and his podcast on SI.com, and Barry Martin, some rando, I think that's a friend of his, I really don't know to be honest with you, 24-inch podcast, 
Steve, his daughter Laura, along with Dave Rollins, took a look at Hulk's appearance on WWF Saturday Night's main event, the date of which escapes me. You didn't listen, did you? Well, I didn't know at the time when I wrote this offhand. Oopsie daisy, sometime in 1988, I think. But check out the episode. It's great stuff. And the Break It Down show, Pete A. Turner, John Leon Guerrero, rolls on YouTube and the podcast. As for this little dog and pony show, we're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, the podcast of your choosing. If your podcaster has rating and or review capabilities, give me a five-star rating and a good write-up. Just be a dear. I'm not uh, being too forceful, hopefully. So there you go right there. And now we wrap up this episode with one more thing. And this is Pride Month throughout the world and here in the United States of America and the rolling hills of Saratoga County and New York's capital region. This is a month where we honor the LGBT community, gays, lesbians, bisexuals, transsexuals, etc., etc., transgender too. We don't want to leave anybody out. And in the past week or so, this was a bit of news that hit close to home for yours truly. My cousin Ann, who is the second of my Uncle Sid's kids, three of them in total, I logged on to Facebook one time and it had come out that my cousin Ann had come out as gay, or a lesbian in this case, as she has a partner who is also female. What a time to do it, Pride Month 2021. I'm happy for her. I'm glad that she has a partner, even if it is of the same sex. I'm rather accepting of the gay culture. It had me examine the time when I was in college. Um, there is no funny business here, but I first became aware of gay culture, etc., etc., when I was a student at Castle State College, now Castle University, and may it forever remain so. Well, I think it was about freshman or sophomore year. I really don't know when it was so long ago. I was stopped by, you know, these little student activities fair type of deals and other events during the academic year on campus. And the Gay and Lesbian Student Club, more often than not, would have a booth set up and I'd be getting free stuff and all that. And I have this pin, which is, well, it's not a pin that you have like a back or anything. You wear in a suit. It's just uh, one of the cheapo things where you have this rainbow ribbon. It's on a safety pin. I've been wearing it most every day out and about when, uh, you know, during Pride Month and show my support for the Capital Region's LGBT community. Full disclosure, my workplace, one of my co-workers is transgender. So I wanted to say I'm a supporter of LGBT rights, even though I'm not gay myself. I'm a straight, white, cisgender male. I don't mind putting my neck out there. I've been an ally of the gay community since college, and some of my friends were on the rainbow spectrum. I know there's people out there who are on both the rainbow and the autism spectrums as well. Two for the price of one. Now, if you're the LGBT persuasion, and you need some help, you're feeling suicidal, maybe there's been you know, bad words or threats levied against you, I want to introduce you to this place called the Trevor Project. Not Place Foundation, really. It's called the Trevor Project. And they provide a lifeline where you can have a safe space to talk about what's bugging you in the LGBT community. You have to apologize if I sound a bit different. I had to sneeze. You didn't hear that. I wisely paused recording so you wouldn't have to have your ear holes subjected to that noise. But anyway, back to the end of this episode. 
I was all set to introduce you to this thing called the Trevor Project. So if you're in the LGBT community, you feel like you're in crisis, you're ready to, you know, think that life is no longer worth living, or you need some kind of a safe space, there's something called the Trevor Lifeline. And I'll give you the phone number and I'll put the information in the teaser text, show notes, whatever you want to call it. The phone number is 866-488-7386. If talking to someone on the telephone isn't your thing, and it can be overwhelming for some people, they have a chat platform on their website, thetrevorproject.org. You can text a counselor. They're available 24-7 all year round. No holidays, no weekends off. Text the word START, S-T-A-R-T, to the number 678-678. And they also have a social networking platform called Trevor Space. How appropriate for that. So if you're in the LGBT community and mental health issues are really getting you down, or stuff going on that you really need to talk to somebody about, don't keep it bottled up. Talk to somebody about it, or else it's really going to cause you problems down the road. So if you're a member of the LGBT community if here in the capital region of New York or anywhere, I got you back. That will do it for this episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the 127th in the series. Not sure what we got going on for the next episode or when it's going to drop. I'm pretty sporadic. It's been that way for some time. Why switch to a more frequent basis now? I don't know why I said that. Reveal my internal monologue. But I hope you all have yourself a great week or however long it is. Happy summer 2021. Enjoy what's left of Pride Month. A little sports mention here. I forgot. I'll, you know, Stanley Cup Finals will be going. NBA Finals on the road to that. Yankees are still kicking butt. Wow. Not as hard as I wish them to be. But anyway, I hope that the next period, whatever this is, is a good one for you. I'll talk to you on the next episode. And as always, and above all else, Wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Otis lives. After the lessening of COVID-19 regulations, once again, the Keep It To Yourself podcast was taped in front of a live studio audience. Sit, boo-boo, sit. Good dog. <laughs> I'm your pre-owner! <laughs>